do you struggle with or did you struggle with or do you feel diabetic struggle with the fact of just accepting the facts and the truth of where they're at because until i was able to accept the fact that at this point in time in my life there isn't a cure besides a miracle from god to my condition and once i embraced it and said okay i now have this condition i need to ask really good questions and be accountable for my health because there is no endocrinologist there's no nutritionist there is no gp there is nobody that's going to understand my heat stone diabetes better than me what happens when i take x amount of grams of carbs what about delayed uh uh onset or a drop after exercise because well my body throws sugar into my body with through my liver because of the adrenaline and the other systems that are activating when i'm working out because i do high intensity versus going for a walk and a low intensity exercise i know that i'm gonna have a different physiological, mental, emotional, all three of them are affected by the activities that I'm doing. And that's unique to Heath. Chris could literally have the opposite effect due to your systems in your body. And that acceptance of awareness that this is my diabetes, I gotta own it. That then leads to your point of seeking the best doctors, ones that will listen and talk to you about the science, and then the reality or the theory, I'm gonna say, of how diabetes works as a whole, and then how does that affect Keith Stone or Chris Jarvis or someone who's in pre-diabetes, right? That is just really, really thirsty and losing weight rapidly and they're going, what's going on? You gotta take accountability. Would you agree with that? And do you think that's common about everybody? Yeah, so I would say, um, you know, having interacted with a lot of people with diabetes, um, this is true for both type ones and type twos and our human nature is that we sometimes want to make a reason for this to happen that's outside of our control. And with the uh, amount of variables that we have to juggle, you were just mentioning about even within exercise, there's so many different directions that our body could respond. So there, there was definitely been a time in my life where I felt like there's just nothing I can do. I'm, going to need somebody who says, let's try again. Let's try another tactic. Let's look for more information and try again. And so I have encountered a number of people who want to say, oh, yes, I've tried this. I've tried it. No matter what you throw out there, they're going to say they've tried it. And if that might be you reflecting back on yourself, um, know that I've, I've been there too. And it's so valuable to, to listen to somebody else, to give them a little bit more insight of what's happening and to try again because that's how we can make our performance go that extra step. Um, now, in terms of uh, a type two that I know, we did this uh, program called No Barriers. And one of these gentlemen that we were coaching along the way had, had a lot of passion and it was just so awesome to see when he came into our program, but he had been resisting the fact that he probably needed insulin, right? And his doctor had been kind of nudging him and nudging him for years. And so when he came in, his blood sugar was at 18. And for those that don't know, you know, blood sugars very well, it's about four times higher than it needs to be. Now, 
when he was supported and surrounded and accepting of getting more information from others, I just saw the biggest flurry of change in his life and uh, the, the pride that came into his actions. And so I would encourage people that might be thinking, you know, that, uh, that they can't make any changes, they can't make improvements, to just realize how close you might be to making that next aha moment, that next big leap in your performance. And those people around you are gonna be needed for you to keep that change and to maintain it. But uh, they're also gonna be there to help you find it as well. What would you, what advice would you have for people that are um, looking at their lives right now and they're, they're struggling in some way, shape or form? What things should they consider doing? What actions should they consider taking so that they could live their best life, their ideal form of life? Great question. Yeah, I think, I think reflection is going to be a big part of it. Um, and so, you know, I think these things, as you guys allude to, they apply to everything that we're doing. But there's times where we get stubborn, right? And we just want to do it the way we want, but we're not actually listening to the outcomes and, it, and associating it with the decisions that we made. And so um, when I was younger, I'll, I'll tell you a story about that. Um, I, I remember that I'd gone out for dinner with my friends and I'd actually forgotten my insulin. And so we were, you know, we had left and, and nobody else has to deal with that, but we're there and we waited for probably 40 minutes for this, uh, food to arrive at the cheesecake factory is where we were. And I was so excited. We've never been to this restaurant before. And, uh, and then like the food is finally arriving. And then I thought, okay, you know, look around and I didn't have my insulin. And so my stubborn side thought, well, I don't want to miss out on this thing. I'm going to have to pay for this food. And you're like, what am I going to do? Right. And I didn't think about all that. There were other options, you know, being a pretty fit athlete, I could have probably run home and gotten back within 20 minutes, but uh, I decided to start eating. And by the time I finished that dinner, I felt so sick, you know, from not, from not having my insulin on board. Uh, it's just such an important part of it's minutes that we're talking about with diabetes, right? If you, if you miss your injection of insulin by 15 minutes, that can affect you for a couple of hours. So, so reflection is something that I had to use. I had to think about that afterwards and say, you know, not only, you know, should I make a better decision next time, but maybe I could prepare. And we talked about that, right? About not just leaving things to chance, but, but trying to make sure that I have a system, I have a routine to make sure that I'm prepared. And uh, the next time my friends are out there, I've got a few different um, tricks up my sleeve to keep me you know, there with my friends and enjoying things to the best. Now, excellent, I, good story. I actually, I actually have like many years later, I'm married now and uh, we've got kids. And so we don't get out as often as we'd like. And we were out on a date, this is uh, you know, before COVID. And we were at a dinner theater restaurant and a very similar thing happened which I realized, how, how did I forget, you know? And I'm wearing an insulin pump now. So I had actually left my pump uh, in the bathroom when I showered, I took it off. And so, you know, I, I had to think about it. And with all that knowledge, I said, well, I wonder if I could find a better solution. So without even telling my wife, I said, oh, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom. And being in Toronto, I ran outside, I used my phone, I found the nearest pharmacy was one block away. And so I went down there and I picked up another bottle of insulin and a syringe and uh, got my blood sugar tested. 
and uh, got my insulin and let me enjoy that night without having any repercussions from the ups and downs of right. diabetes. Brilliant. Yeah. Not, uh, and proactivity, being accountable and taking appropriate action based on the circumstance to avoid the consequences, right? That are yeah. going to affect you, not just physically. And that's what people don't understand is that this affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, and that high blood sugar will have some symptoms, but the real consequence is that it bites later. When we're burning, it's like a car that's burning oil, but still drives. The consequence comes later when everything's gummed up and you know friction and abrasion and all the other things that are going on in the engine just because we didn't stop and go get some work done, a tune-up, whatever it is that the car needed to fix that issue. So that I think is brilliant that you're recapping that whole concept of having a process and really being around people that understand and, and not only in supporting, but allow some grace because yeah, it's easy to forget stuff, but this stuff has a significant impact on, on what you're doing. Do you struggle with, or did you struggle with, or do you feel diabetic struggle with the fact of just accepting the facts and the truth of where they're at? Because until I was able to accept the fact that at this point in time in my life, there isn't a cure besides a miracle from God to my condition. And once I embraced it and said, okay, I now have this condition. I need to ask really good questions and be accountable for my health because there is no endocrinologist. There's no nutritionist. There is no GP. There is nobody that's going to understand my heat stone diabetes better than me. What happens when I take X amount of grams of carbs? What about delayed uh, uh, onset or a drop after exercise? Because when my body throws sugar into my body with through my liver because of the adrenaline and the other systems that are activating when I'm working out because I do high intensity versus going for a walk and a low intensity exercise. I know that I'm going to have a different physiological, mental, emotional, all three of them are affected by the activities that I'm doing. And that's unique to Heath. Chris could literally have the opposite effect due to your systems in your body. And that acceptance of awareness that this is my diabetes, I got to own it. That then leads to your point of seeking the best doctors, ones that will listen and talk to you about the science and then the reality or the theory, I'm going to say, of how diabetes works as a whole. And then how does that affect Keith Stone or Chris Jarvis or someone who's in pre-diabetes, right? That is just really, really thirsty and losing weight rapidly and they're going, what's going on? You got to take accountability. Would you agree with that? And do you think that's common about everybody? Yeah, so I would say, um, you know, having interacted with a lot of people with diabetes, um, this is true for both type ones and type twos and our human nature is that 
we sometimes want to make a reason for this to happen that's outside of our control. And with the uh, amount of variables that we have to juggle, you were just mentioning about even within exercise, there's so many different directions that our body could respond. So there, there was definitely been a time in my life where I felt like there's just nothing I can do. I'm gonna need somebody who says, let's try again. Let's try another tactic. Let's look for more information and try again. And so I have encountered a number of people who want to say, oh yes, I've tried this, I've tried it. No matter what you throw out there, they're gonna say they've tried it. And if that might be you reflecting back on yourself, um, know that I've, I've been there too. And it's so valuable to, to listen to somebody else, to give them a little bit more insight of what's happening and to try again, because that's how we can make our performance go that extra step. Um, now, in terms of uh, a type two that I know, we did this uh, program called No Barriers. And one of these gentlemen that we were coaching along the way had, had a lot of passion and it was just so awesome to see when he came into our program, but he had been resisting the fact that he probably needed insulin, right? And his doctor had been kind of nudging him and nudging him for years. And so when he came in, his blood sugar was at 18. And for those that don't know, you know blood sugars very well, it's about four times higher than it needs to be. Now, when he was supported and surrounded and accepting of getting more information from others, I just saw the biggest flurry of change in his life and uh, the, the pride that came into his actions. And so I would encourage people that might be thinking, you know, that, uh, that they can't make any changes, they can't make improvements, to just realize how close you might be to making that next aha moment, that next big leap in your performance. And those people around you are gonna be needed for you to keep that change and to maintain it. But uh, they're also gonna be there to help you find it as well. I hope that makes sense. It does, it does, Chris, it makes a ton of sense. Thanks so much, great stories. Really appreciate your, really appreciate using the stories to accentuate the points. Yeah, Chris, given that you've alluded to this changes that have to be made, what would, what would you, what advice would you have for people that are um, looking at their lives right now and they're, they're struggling in some way, shape or form? What things should they consider doing? What actions should they consider taking so that they could live their best life, their ideal form of life? Great question. Yeah, I think, I think reflection is going to be a big part of it. Um, and so, you know, I think these things, as you guys allude to, they apply to everything that we're doing. But there's times where we get stubborn, right? And we just want to do it the way we want, but we're not actually listening to the outcomes and, it, and associating it with the decisions that we made. And so um, when I was younger, I'll, I'll tell you a story about that. Um, I remember that I'd gone out for dinner with my friends and I'd actually forgotten my insulin. And so we were, you know, we had left and, and nobody else has to deal with that, but we're there and we waited for probably 40 minutes for this uh, food to arrive at the cheesecake factory is where we were. And I was so excited. We'd never been to this restaurant before. And, uh, and then like the food is finally arriving. And then I thought, okay, you know, look around and I didn't have my insulin. And so my stubborn side thought, well, I don't want to miss out on this 
thing. I'm going to have to pay for this food. anyway. like, what am I going to do? Right. And I didn't think about all, but there were other options, you know, being a pretty fit athlete, I could have probably run home and gotten back within 20 minutes, but uh, I decided to start eating. And by the time I finished that dinner, I felt so sick, you know, from not, from not having my insulin on board. Uh, it's just such an important part of it's minutes that we're talking about with diabetes, right? If you, if you miss your injection of insulin by 15 minutes, that can affect you for a couple of hours. So, so reflection is something that I had to use. I had to think about that afterwards and say, you know, not only, you know, should I make a better decision next time, but maybe I could prepare. And we talked about that, right? About not just leaving things to chance, but, but trying to make sure that I have a system, I have a routine to make sure that I'm prepared. And uh, the next time my friends are out there, I've got a few different um, tricks up my sleeve to keep me you know, there with my friends and enjoying things to the best. Now, excellent, I, good story. I actually, I actually have like many years later, I'm married now and uh, we've got kids. And so we don't get out as often as we'd like. And we were out on a date. This is, uh, you know, before COVID. And we were at a dinner theater restaurant and a very similar thing happened. Got to be served and I realized, how, how did I forget, you know? And I'm wearing an insulin pump now. So I had actually left my pump uh, in the bathroom when I showered, I took it off. And so, you know, I, I had to think about it. And with all that knowledge, I said, well, I wonder if I could find a better solution. So without even telling my wife, I said, oh, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom. And being in Toronto, I ran outside, I used my phone, I found the nearest pharmacy was one block away. And so I went down there and I picked up another bottle of insulin and a syringe and uh, got my blood sugar tested and uh, got my insulin and let me enjoy that night without having any repercussions from the ups and downs of right. diabetes. Brilliant, yeah. Proactivity, being accountable and taking appropriate action based on the circumstance to avoid the consequences, right? That are yeah. going to affect you, not just physically. And that's what people don't understand is that this affects us physically, mentally, emotionally. And that high blood sugar will have some symptoms, but the real consequence is that it bites later. When we're burning, it's like a car that's burning oil. But still drives. The consequence comes later when everything's gummed up and you know friction and abrasion and all the other things that are going on in the engine just because we didn't stop and go get some work done, a tune-up, whatever it is that the car needed to fix that issue. So that I think is brilliant that you're recapping that whole concept of having a process and really being around people that understand and, and not only in supporting, but allow some grace because yeah, it's easy to forget stuff, but this stuff has a significant impact on, on what you're doing. For me, like a, at the average non-diabetic Canadian, um, Keith mentioned a stat, almost 1% change in male diabetes over a period of a year is that 8.4% in Canada uh, now. It seems to me that there's a, that, that's a growing number, that there's a lot of average Canadians that are on the verge of getting diabetes or on their way on the path to diabetes, probably for a variety of reasons. Could you guys both articulate 
just for the average listener, what some of those reasons would be that you're moving towards diabetes? What caused you to get diabetes? And what can we, what can the average Canadian do to uh, slow the process or eliminate that, that risk? Yeah, so at the, at the beginning of the conversation, Heath mentioned uh, that with type two diabetes, our lifestyle can play a big factor. So getting a healthy level of exercise and eating healthy can reduce the chances of you getting type two diabetes. But I think it's really important for all those others out there with the potential uh, to get type two diabetes to realize that there's also a lot of um, genetic connections there. And so there are people who are maintaining a pretty active and healthy uh, lifestyle that can still get this disease. And by trying to keep it in your mindset, oh, I, I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna you know, manage my exercise and health better. Um, and actually I met this gentleman named Dan Hill and he's a, well, he's famous to me, a musician. Uh, hopefully you guys know his music because it's awesome. Yeah. And I, I met him uh, shortly after his type two diagnosis and he was running every day. He was incredibly fit and he was barely eating. And we ended up, because we were both in Toronto, we ended up both running together. We, we hit it off quite well. And, and I was just so concerned for him because he had been listening to this kind of stigma that really like uh, type two diabetes can be cured. And for those people that can eat healthy and get active and reduce or eliminate type two diabetes, that's fantastic. But for all of those out there that are not able to do it, don't be afraid to listen to your doctors, to explore some medicine that can help you because that's what Heath and I have to go through every day. We have to take medicine in order to replicate what our pancreas should be doing. And if we don't take our insulin, we're in a lot of trouble. And the reason for type one diabetes is different. So um, in type two diabetes, the pancreas could wear down and not perform as well. So that's you know, the case where someone can't get rid of the type two diabetes, the pancreas isn't performing. And for Heath and I, we had our immune system attack it. And so why does our autoimmune attack our body? It's usually around stressors. It could be because you're pushing yourself so hard, either in business or physically. Um, it could also be that you're having a pretty relaxed life, but you've just encountered a new um, you know, exposure to a virus, right? And so when your immune system is triggered like that, uh, with the right genetic com uh, composition, they're still learning and trying to discover why but uh, it, it can trigger your immune system to go beyond attacking that virus and actually mistakenly attack your pancreas. And if you haven't heard, there's a lot of other autoimmune diseases out there. I have actually live with two of them. I have celiac disease as well. And so my immune system is pretty confused and hopefully it doesn't continue to develop more, right? But the more, uh, when you develop an autoimmune disease, it's more likely for you to get another one because your immune system is making mistakes. This is, uh... A very, very deep, uh, uh, you know, topic for us to go into. And I think it's um, a really good start for us as we've begun this journey. What would you recommend or do you feel are just the most critical actions that anybody who is a diabetic, type 1 or 2, or even somebody that considers themselves to be pre-diabetic, um, what would you say the most critical actions are that we can, as diabetes and pre-diabetics do to help bring 
the quality of our life up so that we have the ability to actually live our ideal form of life. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing that we can do is start sorting the things that we have control over and the things that we don't. And too often, the things over here that we can't control, you know, whether or not you have diabetes, for example, you can't control that any longer. So what can you do about it, right? Or if someone is diagnosed with prediabetes, there's still a lot of things that they could do. But for those of us living with a challenge like this, if we can start thinking what I can do about it, that's really gonna transform your life. And that sorting is sometimes hard to do because um, the things that we can't control can muddle and make you think that you can't actually control other things. So I would encourage people to start practicing that and realize like, is this something in my control? Okay, I can't control that, but what could I do to make the best of this moment? Excellent advice, Chris. That is brilliant. I think um, I'm going to put it out there. I think what we're going to have to be discussing here, Chris, is laying out a list of topics that affect uh, millions and millions of people within the diabetic community and create a regular discussion on certain topics that we will bring to uh, uncom the uncommon truth to people in this area of diabetic performance and that we as diabetics actually have the ability to live an ideal form of life. And I can say it is not challenge free. The last time I checked, I don't think anybody lives life challenge free. Thank you for listening today. We welcome you to visit us at www.theuncommontruth.life and find The Uncommon Truth on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Until next time, God bless.